Here's some words from Ellen White, a founding member of Adventism. Consider this. It is the darkness of the misapprehension of God that is enshrouding the world. People are losing their knowledge of his character. It has been misunderstood and misinterpreted. At this time, a message from God is to be proclaimed, a message illuminating in its influence and saving in its its power. His character is to be made known. Into the darkness of the world is to be shed the light of his glory, the light of his goodness, mercy, and truth. The last rays of merciful light, the last message of mercy to be given to the world is a revelation of his character of love. That's where it all begins. I come to believe that how you understand God is so profoundly important that I can actually say this to you. Tell me who your God is, and I'll tell you what your life's like. Hey, welcome to Night Church, the Friday evening service of Praxis, the young adult ministry of the Loma Linda University Church. You're going to be hearing some great sermons, testimonies on this podcast that are going to encourage and deepen your faith. We are so excited that you're here, and I hope you enjoy this sermon, and so much so that you share it with someone that you love. Welcome. Good evening. It's good to see you all. It's great to be here with you at Praxis. And I just have to give a a shout out to my colleague, Phil. Phil is incredibly gracious and kind in his words. He's actually added so much to our team and has blessed my heart and soul profoundly. I love him as a brother, and I love that other young man as a son. So Phil asked me to talk about a simple theme, why I'm an Adventist. That's a big question. It's one to which I've given a great deal of thought. In fact, I've started writing, and you know, I suppose every preacher has a book in her or him on a certain favorite topic, and that's it. But the problem is there's never time. I thought about this last week. I walked off this platform, and... Sanctuary service, after third service, and I thought, okay, the countdown has begun. (laughs) And then you have to be ready for the next week. So one of these days, what I'm going to cover very quickly here, I would like to put in book form. First thing I would say is this. As a friend of mine says, I'm in service, not in sales. I'm not here to sell you something. I'm here to answer a question. Why am I an Adventist? Why does it matter? I want to read you a biblical passage from 1 Peter that I think about every time I think about themes like this. It's become very meaningful to me and hopefully meaningful to you. 1 Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 15. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Always be ready to give an answer. Do it with gentleness and kindness. 
be humble about it. So I want to say two, I'm going to try to say two general things this evening. And that is uh, who I am and who they are. So let me start over here with who I am. Seventh-day Adventist. I love my church. I, when somebody asks me, why are you an Adventist? The first honest answer I have to give is I was born into this faith. I'm third, as far as we know, maybe fourth generation Adventist. It's in my veins. I'm proud of my church. I recognize my church has failures and flaws, kind of like my family. I'll recognize our failures and flaws. Don't you come and do it. <laughs> so that's me with Adventism. I love my church, but it is made up of human beings. We've made more than our share of mistakes, and we have more than our share of places to grow. But it's where my faith is, is fleshed out and where it is lived out. So if I were to say to somebody, okay, here are the reasons I'm Adventist. I'm going to give you seven quick reasons that are fundamental but deeply important to me. First of all, God. It all begins with God. I'm an Adventist because of how Adventism understands God. Adventism understands not only that God is central, but understands the importance of the character of God. Here's some words from Ellen White, a founding member of Adventism. Consider this. It is the darkness of the misapprehension of God that is enshrouding the world. People are losing their knowledge of his character. It has been misunderstood and misinterpreted. At this time, a message from God is to be proclaimed, a message illuminating in its influence and saving in his, in his power. His character is to be made known. Into the darkness of the world is to be shed the light of his glory, the light of his goodness, mercy, and truth. The last rays of merciful light, the last message of mercy to be given to the world is a revelation of his character of love. That's where it all begins. I come to believe that how you understand God is so profoundly important that I can actually say this to you. Tell me who your God is and I'll tell you what your life's like. It forms everything. Let me give you just one. There are many examples. But one of the most important examples to me is God is a God of love and justice. What I want to say next, I say with respect and charity toward our Christian brothers and sisters who see this differently. But I will tell you, I don't think I have it in my heart to worship a God who would torture people forever. Amen. It's just not there. Because that's not justice. In any other context, we would call that evil. So God, a God of love and a God of justice. I, one of the key reasons I'm an Adventist is because of how Adventism understands God. But related to that is how Adventism understands the narrative of Scripture. Uh, we call it the great controversy. It's a theme that explains where we are, why we're here, where we're going, where we came from. And the entire, as Adventism understands it, conflict is over God's character. Can God be trusted? 
Can we place our hands in the hand, our, our lives in the hands of God and not fear that we will be mistreated? Can God be trusted? From beginning to end, God is key. The great controversy theme explains and illumines the reality of what's going on in the world and in the universe. I'm Adventist because of the great controversy. I'm Adventist because of how Adventism understands the Bible. Now let me tell you what I mean here. I'm not going to ask you to answer this question or raise your hands because I don't want you to feel like you've been let out on a limb and I have a song. But think about how you would answer this question. In your understanding of how inspiration works, how this book came to be, in your understanding of how inspiration works, is the inspiration of Scripture, the, the people who wrote Scripture, more like court reporters or news reporters? My sister for many years was a court reporter, and it never ceased to amaze me. She could sit right there and take down every word I'm saying and come back later and print it out. It's just beyond my comprehension how that can be done. That's how some understand Scripture, that Scripture is the dictated Word of God, verbally inspired court reporter. Adventism understands the inspiration of Scripture as a news reporter. Somebody who has direct contact with what's happening, observes it, sometimes has direct quotes, and then comes back and reports the content of the story, but it's done through their own personality. That's how Adventism understands this book. And if we had some time we could unpack all of the implications of that. They are profound. It is the difference between having a book that falls down out of the sky completed and you do exactly what's on the page without necessarily interpreting or having a book that is deeply inspired that has a message for you, but is conditioned by its time and your time and requires you through the guidance of the Holy Spirit to work interpretively to understand it. That's how Adventism understands Scripture. It's a profoundly important concept. Because of how Adventism understands Scripture, we have a very important concept that was part of the the life and world of our pioneers. It was a concept they called present truth. Present truth. What they meant when they said present truth is that truth is always active in the present. And as life changes, as the world changes, God will continue to send his spirit to us to help us understand how we live out the eternal principles in timely ways. In that sense, Scripture is both timeless and timely. And that timeless timeliness is fleshed out in present truth. How do I live now in the here and now? And that, honestly, is the task of the preacher. It is to take this word, the word which God spoke, through which he still speaks, and say, how can this be said in language that is relevant to this time and place, present truth. 
It's a profoundly important concept in early Adventism. One, two, three, four, five. Number five, Sabbath. I love Sabbath. Love Sabbath. Work a lot, but I still love Sabbath. (laughs) Because this is the one time I get to do my work in contact with you in significant ways. When our son Austin was was sensing a call to ministry and sensing a desire uh, to to pastor and to preach the word, one of the things I said to him is, Austin, if you want to preach, you're going to have to become accustomed to spending many hours alone in an office with scripture. It requires discipline and commitment. There's a lot of agony and only a little ecstasy. Because you walk off feeling good about what you just said. Somebody comes up and says, Pastor? And you think, okay, we're in trouble here. (laughs) But I love Sabbath because it's contact with you. It's where the body becomes visible and it energizes. But I love Sabbath because the Hebrew word Shabbat, translated literally means stop. Stop. Enough of the racing. But I'm not done yet. That's just the point. You'll never be done. But you still stop. You rest. Back years ago when the Blue Zones really became a concept through, a, through an article in National Geographic magazine. Uh, people, it was amazing. News crews from around the world beat a path to Loma Linda. And they came here asking all kinds of questions across the campus, and they often ended up at church. Can we come into church? Can we film your service? Absolutely, you're welcome. Well, the main writer of the piece, Dan Buettner, asked if he could interview us at the church as well as the people they were interviewing, the scientists and researchers and others across campus. So I had the privilege of sitting down with him for for, uh, an hour or so. And I was nervous and, you know, trying to be funny and all that. And then I said something, I thought, oh, man, I hope he doesn't write that down. He said, he said why, why do you Adventists live longer? I said, it's not longer, it just seems longer. <laughs> but I thought, well, that's that. Please don't write that down. Um, that's the last thing I quoted. Uh, he didn't laugh and I didn't either. So. <laughs> he didn't quote it. <laughs> But here's what's interesting. I was trying to go through in my mind and think through all of the kinds of things he might ask about our history, about our pioneers, about our theology, about our practice, about all these things, about our health, especially our diets and lifestyle. Do you know what he wanted to know about? Sabbath. This well-known author sat there and he looked at me and he said, now let, wait a minute, let me get this, Pastor. Are you saying... That every seven days, from I guess you say sundown Friday to sundown on Saturday, you say every you have this twenty-four hour period where you're not washing the clothes and paying the bills and, and mowing the lawn and, and all that. I said, hey, I can't speak for every Adventist, but yes, that's the idea, and that's what we seek to practice. And I'll never forget, Buechner was quiet for a moment, and then he said. Wow. He said, do you have any idea how different my life would be if I did that? And I just thought in my mind, thank you, Jesus. 
What a gift you've given us. Sabbath. I'm Adventist because of Sabbath. I love Sabbath. I love the spiritual rest that it offers, the promise that we experience. I'm Adventist because of the second coming. The second coming of Jesus. I mean, after all, those two realities right there are in our name, Seventh-day Adventists. The second coming of Jesus. Now, Adventism understands that second coming in some key ways that are different from some of our other brothers and sisters in Christ. We don't believe in a secret rapture. We believe the coming will be real and personal and visible, that it will bring time to an end, and it will be the moment when we see Jesus face to face. Profoundly important in Adventism and its history. Finally, I'm Adventist because of how we view and understand wholeness. Wholeness. And what I mean by that is how we understand human beings as whole beings. We're much more Hebrew than we are Greek in our thinking. Greek has a dualism. Body and spirit. Flesh and soul. The body is suspect and, and evil, but, but what's spiritual, it can be perfect and pure. We're much more Hebrew in our thinking, where we're an indivisible whole. It's almost the sense of saying that we're, we, we don't have a soul, we are a soul. That when you put the, the, the flesh and the breath from God together, the human being becomes a living soul. And then that living being, that living soul, matters to God. Every facet of us. Not just our spiritual life, but our emotional life, our relational life, our intellectual life, our physical life. I grew up as a vegetarian. Not all Adventists are vegetarian. We have sinners and Adventists too. <laughs> Uh, I grew up a vegetarian in Latin America and in Texas. Now, the years when I was growing up, you, you go into a restaurant, our family sit down, they say, what, what would you like? And, and do you, what do you have that's vegetarian? And they looked at you like you just confessed to killing your mother. So I go, what? Vegetarian. And it was, now, look where we are now. Look where we are now. The interest in what it means to be a whole, healthy human being is profound. Adventism underlines that. There are many other realities I could talk about, but these seven are key to me. This is Pastor Phil's objective, why I'm an Adventist. You might have some different ones. Somebody else might have some other ones. There are still others that matter to me, but I, these are the seven I chose to talk about. So this is who I am. Now, Adventism, for all the blessings and benefits and gifts that it has given to me, for which I am profoundly thankful, also has some challenges. One of the challenges is how do we relate to others, our brothers and sisters in Christ in other communities? Historically, there has been too much of an us versus them mentality. So I want to talk for a moment about that. Somewhere along the way, I picked up the thinking of thinking of this as an inverted triangle. Now, this could be a bit much for a few here, but hang with It's an imperfect representation, but it's probably the best I can do, at least right now. 
It's inverted because when you get down to the bottom part, there's much less content there. As you move up, there's more and more content. Okay? So let me, as a background, just reread that verse in Ephesians 4 that was read as our scripture passage. You have to remember that Ephesians is a letter that Paul writes to a divided church, a church that is trying to figure out how to live as Jew and Gentile in the same body. People who were, blood was shed over this, people who hated each other. And Paul comes along and he writes this letter to the Ephesians and he talks about them being one body. He says, Christ put to death the dividing wall of hostility, the barrier between you at the cross. You are one. And you can almost picture the Ephesian church saying, Paul hasn't been here in a while, has he? Because <laughs> we're about as divided as we get. At the halfway point of the letter, starting in chapter 4, Paul now comes to the basis for our unity. Ephesians 4, 4 to 6. There is one body, one spirit, Holy Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, the Son, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in you all. So, if we think about the big picture of the relationship of Adventism to other brothers and sisters in Christ, this bottom one I would call fundamentals. Fundamentals. These are the belief systems that are fundamental if one is to name the name of Christ. Some years ago, a friend of mine was doing a degree at an institution down toward Los Angeles. New Testament scholar there, very well known, very well published. Believed Jesus was a myth. Not a real living person, but a myth that people at his time needed. And so it kind of grew out of the collective body that came to be called the church. I bear this individual no ill will. But I do have to ask. If you don't even believe Jesus, why would you want to call yourself a Christian? Unless it's just a cultural choice. There are certain things that are fundamental. That when you jettison those, you have to ask the question, is that person truly a Christ follower? So what are the fundamentals? Because this is where people start to divide. I have found no better list than Paul's list in Ephesians 4. He gives seven things about which we should be united. Seven things. And we could flesh these out much further. This is going to be really quick. He says in that list, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's very Trinitarian. It has everything to do with God. Okay? There are three of them. He says there's one faith. Faith is the way we receive salvation and the way we live out our salvation. One faith. One baptism. There is one way we enter the church. The way we become united to Christ. Baptized into his death, burial, and resurrection. There is one body. We all live and grow and mature in the context of a faith community where we grow up. And there's one hope. We're all headed toward the destination of the coming kingdom of God. Seven things. How could we get more fundamental on those? Those are part of the, of the centuries, millennia of Christian faith. We can unite around those. Call ourselves brothers and sisters in Christ. 
When we have those seven in common, we are one body. But you say, what about the places where we differ? And I understand that very well as a lifelong Adventist. I've grown up keenly aware that I have differences with other people in other communities of faith. So I'm going to take a historic name that's very well known. He has passed away now just because people recognize the name, and that's Billy Graham. Billy Graham. It's hard to imagine a deeper, more committed Christ follower who had a greater impact in his world than did Billy Graham. So my question becomes now, Reverend Graham, on some of these things, you and I have some real differences. How do we manage those? Well, you come up here, I would call this level the level of convictions. Convictions. There are realities within Adventism that may differ between Billy Graham and myself. Things that are deep convictions to me. Let's take Sabbath as an example. For that matter, we could talk about wholeness or some of the ways the second coming or how we understand Scripture. There are, there are things about which I am deeply convicted, and I can tell you why from Scripture. And since I've invested my life in those. But I would never say to Billy Graham, you're not really a Christian because you don't share my convictions on these matters. Because we do share fundamental realities that are part of the historic Christian faith. You still with me? Everybody still awake out there? It allows us a way forward to be not schismatic or sectarian, but a way forward in owning with clarity who we are. It is my goal here at Loma Linda University, where we have people from all faiths and backgrounds and Christian confessions rubbing shoulders together. It is my commitment to take 1 Peter 3 seriously. Be ready to give a reason for the an answer for the reason of the hope that you have. That this is who I am, and I hold it hopefully with humility, but also with conviction. I don't hide from you. But I also strive to approach you with charity and grace. Understanding that many of the things that are so critical we share in common, while some of the convictions we hold may differ. And then we move up to the highest level. This is the level where I hope a lot of stuff lies that I would call the level of preferences. Preferences. You know where we get in trouble, and this happens, it happened in the world in which I grew up, and I still see it happening at times, is when we turn this the other way. And when the fundamentals are the biggest piece. Because now we have this long list of things you have to agree on or you're not part of this body. And then our convictions and then our preferences, there's a very brief list. Because we cover everything down here and here. And then you get very sectarian and very divided. There are all kinds of things up here. 
I mean, take, for example, how we're dressed this evening. As recently as when I was in college, three or four years ago. Um, <laughs> as recently as when I was in college, when we went to the Friday evening Vespers, they called it at that time, we dressed up. I mean, you'd see coats and ties and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. <laughs> Women in dresses and hose and... And it kind of felt like this is a must. But the truth is, that's a preference. Take worship style. Here in this space, Friday evening and Sabbath morning. A very different style of worship than just across the way. When we were first talking about a contemporary service, we had a church business session. And one of the dear ladies in the church, I love her to this day, spoke up and said, I hate that music. Thank you. She said, yeah. <laughs> and I went over afterwards and I thanked her. I said, I appreciate it. I said, there's music I hate. I get that. But what I appreciate that you didn't do is what some do. I hate that music because it's bringing the devil in. I said, I can deal with people that hate that. That's fine. Then go to the other service. <laughs> But don't ruin it for the people who connect with God that way. That's a preference. Much of it has to do with the imprinting with which we have grown up. It's almost like a second language. If you have grown up expressing your love for God in this language, then when it comes time to do it tonight, you're naturally going to gravitate in that direction. Here's one of the interesting things I've discovered throughout my life, having had the privilege of growing up bilingual. The two hardest things for people to do in a second language is tell jokes, because they don't translate well, and pray. When it comes to prayer, people almost always revert to their native tongue. Because it's a matter of the heart and soul. And you just feel awkward being that intimate in a way that isn't natural. There are all kinds of preferences up here. So, this is who I am. I hold it dearly. It's woven into the fabric of who I am, into my DNA. But by the grace of God, let me not cause division in the overall body of Christ. Let me join where I can join, respect where I can't join, and not have an opinion on every preference that exists. But be kind to people. You remember the old dictum? See if I can remember it now. In essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. In all things, charity. That's the goal. That's the commitment. Because of these kinds of realities for me, I love Adventism. It's my home. I'm proud of it. With all of its warts and all, I'm committed to it. But I will tell you this. My deepest commitment, without hesitation, is to Jesus Christ. Amen. That comes first, last, best. The one who calls us. The one who walked by Levi Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom and said to him, follow me.
preaching on that text in a couple of weeks, and so I've been thinking about it. I'll say this then, but just a sneak preview into what I'm thinking about it. Some scholars say there must have been more. There must have been something else. You don't just walk by someone and say, follow me, and the person gets up and leaves everything behind and follows them. Unless you've met them before and know something about them or whatever the case might be. But you know the truth? That's the effect Jesus had. Walked into people's lives and utterly transformed them. And by his grace, sheerly by his grace, he's done that in my own life. And I am, I am eternally grateful for that reality. So he comes first. Adventism means the world to me. But I want to practice it and live it in a way that isn't exclusivistic or schismatic, but holds on to our convictions and who we are and why we are who we are, and yet continues to interact and dialogue with you. So we're going to pray. I'm going to invite the band to come up, although we probably also we have to probably move this off. We can't see the band. <laughs> but I just want to say again, I, I know this is a different kind of thing. This is not, not a standard sermon. But I just wanted to talk with you about something that has been really important in my heart and in my life. And I hope for you, Jesus will come first. That your commitment to your faith, for us it's Adventism. That your commitment to your faith will not just be because you grew up in it. I grew up in it, but there came a point in time when it had to become my own. And that that will be true for you. And then that you'll be generous and gracious and loving toward those who differ. God bless you. Hey, thank you so much for joining us for the Night Church podcast. We really are excited for where we're going, and you can help us in that mission. There's a few things that you can do. Number one is just stay connected. So if you want to follow up what's going on in the young adult ministry here at Loma Linda University Church, follow us on Instagram at Praxis Ministry. And then the other way to really build from this is to financially contribute. Your donations make such a big impact. And so if you go to lluc.org slash give, you can connect with Praxis Ministry there on a one-time gift or a reoccurring commitment. It makes such a difference. Well, we love you, care for you, and may God bless you richly as you take theory and make it into practice.